eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, joined, as always, by our fearless leader, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the one and only Taylor Estes. And Taylor... We are broadcasting on the flagship podcast after a dream first half and a nightmare second half in the Red River shootout uh, turns into a 55-48 loss for the Longhorns after leading 28-7 to and even 41-23. Um, to They were up 18 after a 41-yard field goal by Cameron Dicker with two minutes and 45 seconds left in the third quarter. And uh, as well as everything went for the Texas Longhorns in the first quarter when they outscored OU 28 to 7, OU outscores Texas 25 to 7 in the fourth quarter. And it turns into a loss that uh, most Texas fans are feeling a lot of, you know, pain and suffering over and want someone fired. Um, and Let, let's, let's tap the brakes there for yeah. real quick. Let's tap the brakes there. <laughs> I mean, your thoughts, because look, Casey Thompson throws for five touchdowns. Xavier worthy goes for 261 receiving yards. Second most in program history, most ever by a freshman. They block a punt. They, you know, we're playing good defense early in this game. Uh, and they scored too quickly in the first half. They had a block punt that led to a touchdown on the next play. They scored on the first play of the game. I mean, it was weird because, you know, Oklahoma ended up with more with the ball more than Arkansas did. And we know that the Texas defense gave out in the second half against Arkansas. And that's what we saw in a hot sweltering day in the cotton bowl. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and I think that's that's a huge key to this game, Chip, is the time of possession difference between Texas and Oklahoma. And, you know, getting off to a fast start is huge, especially in a, you know, rivalry game where momentum from fans, moment, you know, everything that's going on around you can really be a crucial or play a crucial role, honestly, in those type of games, especially in the Red River shootout. And even in the first half, you know, Texas enters halftime. Um with I think that the Oklahoma had the time obsession of what was it like 17 minutes and something. And then that happened in the second half too. So while the defense was playing really well in the first half, um, you know, they were still on the field for a long time. 
And then come in the second half, Oklahoma has a quarterback change to, you know, Caleb Williams. And let's be honest, I'm not sure if he's going to lose the job anymore. Like that, that kid is impressive. Now I kind of know why OU fans were kind of calling his number. They think they did that a little prematurely without seeing him, but still, I mean, the Taylor, fact I that would, I, you know, I'm just going to jump in real quick on Caleb Williams. I think Texas wins this game by 30. If he doesn't come into the game, Spencer Rattler was rattled. Yeah. He threw an interception. He fumbled the football and yeah. Texas was punishing those mistakes. Caleb Williams comes in on the first play runs for a 66 yard touchdown. And then Lincoln Riley takes him out of the game and then reinserts him and never takes him off the field. But Caleb Williams was the difference for OU. Yeah. And when you're already a gas defense being on the field for 17 minutes and 28 seconds in the first half, and then following up being on the field for 17 minutes and 55 seconds in the second half, you know, you want, you have to make in-game adjustments. Obviously that is the, the key to football, but when your offense goes, cannot convert on third down, Casey Thompson's getting pelt. It just punished every single, you know, drive. It seemed like, I mean, my goodness. Quarter. Yeah. In and the third quarter, all the offensive line penalties in the third, yeah, quarter. every exactly. single possession had an offensive line penalty. Yeah. And when you, when the defense has, you know, a one minute, you know, to try to make those adjustments, get the call down from the box down to the coaches on the field and then tell the players once they get off the field, Hey, we got to make these adjustments. Oh, sorry. One minute's up. You have to go back on the field. That's a recipe for disaster. And I know that the defensive staff's going to get a lot of blame. There was obviously a lot of issue. There were some big plays that were given up. Oklahoma made some really huge big plays that just fell their way where those plays didn't go Texas way in the second half. But, you know, right, like I the think 52 yard touchdown catch by Marvin Mims against Darian Dunn. Dunn has pretty good coverage. Yeah, he does. Mims makes a spectacular catch and somehow keeps his feet in bounds. And it's a 52 yard touchdown. Yeah. And, you know, those are the things that it's not Steve Sarkeesian said this in post game too. It wasn't a lack of effort that it was just that Oklahoma, you know, a lot of the big plays they had were on broken plays, but the quarterback hit the receivers and the receivers made the play. And that's not really what the Texas offense did in the second half. And, you know, this was just such a, a, a weird game because it seemed like, you know, and the first half we're sitting there like, wow, like this, this could get real ugly if something doesn't change. Yeah, and then Caleb Williams comes in two minutes into the game. Yeah. I mean, you know, then Caleb Williams comes in and everything changes and it just, you know, it spiraled out of control. I will say one thing. Um, this is Bijan Robinson's fifth game of rushing for over a hundred yards. I do think that he probably should have gotten a little bit more carries in the second half. Um, I'm not sure, you know, what the decision was there, but there's a lot of things that you have to question, but this is just, this was a, a great performance by Oklahoma. It wasn't a terrible performance by Texas. I'd say it's a terrible performance by the Texas O-line. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it was a really, really tough performance from the Texas offensive line. They were getting punctured. Um, Casey Thompson, as you said, was getting pressured, hit a lot. He overcame a thumb injury on his on his right hand in the first half and, and still, you know, led the, the, you know, team down for a touchdown to Xavier worthy to tie the game. I looked at Jeff Howe in the press box. I said, this thing's going to overtime because that touchdown came with just more than a minute left. And then, you know, the Texas defense just couldn't, they couldn't slow down Caleb Williams. He was, 
he was too good. I mean, he and and credit Lincoln Riley, just like if you just stopped in the first half and said, oh, my gosh, Steve Sarkeesian's totally out coaching Lincoln Riley. Everyone would have agreed with you in the first half. They had great play calls. They were picking up third downs. I love the little jet sweep run by Jordan Whittington where they were, you know, both in a kind of offset. You know, he had a tight end. We'd never seen that formation before. Great play. Sark's whipping him. 28-7 after one quarter, 38-20 at halftime. Second half, Alex Grinch made some adjustments to widen out their defensive line, take away outside zone, which is the bread and butter of Texas. And OU has good enough defensive linemen to do it. Right. And yeah, the number seven run defense going into this game. Right. This was a country, legit country. run defense. And Texas yeah. came in throwing the football. And Casey, they they respected OU's run defense. And Casey Thompson was beating them with his arm. Four touchdown passes in the first half. And everything's going their way. The But again, they were big play touchdowns. They were quick. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that Texas is up 28-7, but their defense has been on the field for 17 minutes compared to 12 for Texas. I mean, OU ran 81 plays, 20 more than Texas. And, and if you were in the Cotton Bowl, it was a roaster. Mm-hmm. It was just like Arkansas. I mean, it was... So look, everyone wants Pete Kwiatkowski fired. Go back to the first half when they were up 28-7. They were playing good red zone defense. They limited two trips inside the Texas 20 to field goals against an explosive OU, you know, quarterback in, well, both Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. And Taylor, I'm just telling you, Caleb Williams is a problem. Like Steve mm-hmm. Sarkeesian took the silver lining route after the game and said, listen, this one hurts. It's going to test our metal, but I hope we see him again in December. Oh, yeah. you with Caleb Williams at quarterback and Rick Neuheisel told us on the flagship podcast, that kid's the real deal. Don't let him on the field because he may never leave. And Caleb Williams was the difference in that game. Now, the other two play calls that Lincoln Riley is going to get the check mark for out coaching Steve Sarkeesian is the direct snap to Kennedy Brooks that he ran in for an 18 yard touchdown. And then when you're thinking, okay, Texas just has to hold him with 10 seconds left, try and make Gabe Burkich kick a long field goal. Maybe he misses. They do the direct snap to Kennedy Brooks and he runs in for a 33 yard touchdown. Yeah. And you know, they got beat by that play twice in really tough situations. But look, give Lincoln Riley and the OU defense or the OU offense under Caleb Williams credit. They made big plays. Caleb Williams dropped the snap on third and 11 Mm -hmm. and he throws a a needle uh, to Marvin Mims for the touchdown. And you're like, this kid's a true freshman. And he just hit Josh Thompson and, you know, the safety in the corner of the end zone in a huge moment in the game. And he was cool as a cucumber cucumber. So this is look, this was high level football being played. I know it was a gut wrencher, but man, oh, you made plays just like Texas made plays early on. Oh, you just made them in the fourth quarter when it mattered the most. And they kept that momentum firmly on their side. 
Yeah, and and it, I think it definitely started with Caleb Williams. I talked to a coach who I trust um, that was watching this game, and he said exactly that. You know, the fact that this is a freshman, you know, coming off the bench, hasn't had, you know, any playing time really, and the fact that he was able to make some of those throws that were just darts, he's like – you don't, you can't coach that and you don't ever expect that from a freshman and, and a guy coming off the bench that is not, you know, the starter and hasn't played. You don't expect that. Most of those times that goes the opposite way. And he's like, this is a problem. And what they, what he told me is like, I'm just wondering where, where Spencer Rattler is going to transfer because if this guy takes the job, Spencer Rattler may not see the field again. With, right. And especially if he continues the type of performance that he did have against Texas, this could be a, something to watch down the road. And, you know, obviously it's a, a tongue of a law. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, a detrimental thing to Texas, but you have to give, you know, Lincoln Riley credit. He pulled Spencer Rattler, the the guy with, you know, veteran experience. I know he hasn't been great this year, um, but, you know, preseason Heisman favorite. I mean, it's tough to pull that type of player. And it's crazy to think chip that in back-to-back -back years, Spencer Rattler has been benched in this game and Oklahoma still managed to pull it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's a gut wrencher. Um, DeMarvin Overshawn had a dream first half, third down sack. Then he blocks the punt on the next play. Brennan Schooler recovers at the OU2 touchdown. Bijan Robinson, they're up after the 75 yard catch and run on the first play of the game. I mean, Texas fans were like, oh my gosh, this is like everything I dreamed of. Right. And DeMarvin Overshawn, you know, goes on. Uh, to recover a fumble and just unbelievable first half. Yeah. And so I you, think what, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, but these were great performances turned in by Longhorns today. Xavier Worthy had 261 yards receiving, second most in program history in a program with Roy Williams, Jordan Shipley. I'll go on and on. Right. Bijan Robinson averaged what, 6.9 yards per carry? I know it got tough. They took away outside zone in the second half. Uh, great adjustment by by Grinch. They have the manpower to do it. Nick Benito hit Casey Thompson so many times. I couldn't tell, you know, which 11. I couldn't separate the two. Right. I mean, Isaiah Thomas was hitting. Perion Winfrey in the offensive line struggled, to say the Mightily, least. Mightily, yeah. Mightily. Mightily, yeah. And that's and that they need players. They need players. You know. Rather than firing Pete Kwiatkowski, they need some players. They need better talent still in certain positions, and that's going to take a little bit of time. The the position on defense, I think, Chip, that was glaring, and it you know who, the person who called it was Gabe Eichard. The position that hurt Texas the most, I think, on defense is the safety position. You know, B.J. Foster had some. He, he's struggling to say the least. I mean, there he had just, a. You know, he had an interception in this game, but you're yeah. right. I mean, he he got caught out of position a couple times, and it was costly. Yeah, and, you know, I think that Texas needs a little bit more help at the linebacker position still, and then the safety position. So the middle of the defense is where, you know, the, the second level middle of the defense, second and third level, is where Texas really does need more help. And that's something where, you know, the, the thought that, oh, this one, you know, one game goes bad or one season, the first season of a new coach goes poorly on one side of the ball, fire the coaches. You know what that just does? That just Continu continues to spiral. Like why yeah. is Texas still in, in this position? Program. Yeah. I mean, 
like I've never seen a defensive coordinator at Texas in my career finish year three of their job. So defensive coordinators come in, they are taking over at, you know, players they didn't recruit, you know, guys that they don't know, they're trying to get to know their, they have to adjust their schemes to fit these players, the players fit, you know, it, you know, make sure that they're put in the right, the best position to succeed. They get their first class in and then they can't even recruit their first and second class as upperclassmen because they get fired. It's right. like, this is fans. I understand that there is a, like, it's, it's now or never win now. That's it's, that is, you know, ne- like my way or the highway win now, or you're gone. That is not how you build a championship program. That is how you actually can hurt yourself from having a championship type of program that continues to be competitive every year and every year. And, you know, you may have one good year and then the next year, look at 2018 with Texas, you know, they, they go to the sugar bowl, you know, the defense if has Tyler Lano's first year defense playing good second year, pretty good third year. He gets fired after he has to, you know, I mean, it's just like, right. Just tap the brakes a little bit. And it's a, yeah, it is. You, it's what coaches careers go to die. Do you want to be that program? <laughs> you want to be Auburn. Because yeah. after a while, you're you're not getting the top level coach because you're you're irrational and impatient exactly. and ridiculous. So here's the thing, Taylor. I'll I think we got to give credit where credits due, and I think we have. I mean, I think you give credit to OU's front on defense. Their run defense is legit. It is yeah. totally legit. Their defensive line. Um, was a problem again for the Texas offense and they were getting pressure on Casey Thompson. That's the other thing. I mean, Casey Thompson was under pressure all day and threw for five touchdowns. Like he played the dream game for, you know, if he would have gone to bed and said, dear Lord, I mean, if you could bless me with five touchdown passes tomorrow against OU, he would be jumping for joy. And if you'd have told every Texas fan the Casey Thompson was going to throw for five touchdowns against OU, they would have all said, oh my God, we won in a runaway. Mm-hmm. So you can't overlook some of the stuff that actually was a positive. Xavier Worthy dropped everything last week. He caught nine passes on 11 targets for 261 yards and two touchdowns. Now he had the horrible fumble because he's trying to make something happen when they didn't need him to make something happen. There were seven minutes left in the game and he, brings out a kick eight, you know, five yards deep in the end zone and he gets stripped and it leads to a touchdown, like bing, bang, boom. And that was sort of the like death spiral. Yeah. So people are going to be like, uh, what was he thinking? You know what he was thinking? He's trying to help his team. It's a freshman, freshman mistake. And he had just, he caught 261 yards of footballs. So, I mean, it's like, stop and take a breath. This was a great game. Played at a high level by high level players. You can talk about, oh, our defense gave up. Caleb Williams could be Vince Young, folks. Hate to say it. Yeah. That kid's special. Yeah. And, and then, Spencer Rattler is transferring. I mean, he's that's yeah. it. It's the Caleb Williams show. And they're going to be a problem with oh, Caleb sure. Williams. They are. Yeah. And another player that I think deserves some credit is Joshua Moore. You know, everyone's been down on Joshua Moore this, this season. You know, like what's going on with him? Why is he not involved? What's going like, he he's not getting better. He's getting worse. He had four catches for 70 yards and two touchdowns. And I think if you're looking for the, you know, I guess the glimmer of hope for the offense is the fact that that's a type of, you know, players can get in their own head and then it starts to get 
into a situation where it's like, oh my gosh, I can't make a play. Now they're going to not throw the ball to me or something like that, where this is a confidence booster, I think, for both Xavier Worthy and for Joshua Moore from a personal standpoint. Obviously, you don't want to look at every you know game from a personal standpoint at all, but you have to take you know the the good from it too. And you know, you hope that this type of performance by both of those receivers who have had up and down games this season gives them that confidence to continue to make plays moving forward. Because if you look at the difference in this game was Oklahoma made those big plays, the broken plays that all of a sudden they pulled down, you know, for touchdowns, they, they are, it wasn't just the quarterback. The receivers also made the play, you know, and, and you look at the flip side, Texas didn't always make those plays. You know, it was close Marcus Washington. It was, a game of inches for a reason, but you know, that, that pass in the end zone that he caught, which was an unbelievable catch, but his foot lands out of bounds. You know, that's where it's just the the mental aspect of the game, a game of inches, but you want to hope that the players that have been kind of up and down or struggling or not any, you know, impact makers in games so far this season, that Xavier worthy, Joshua Moore, having those type of like solid performances were much needed and could help them moving down the, you know, throughout the rest of the schedule. And I will say this, I hate uh, talking about officiating, but Tavondre Sweat got held on the 52-yard touchdown pass to Marvin Mims. And I don't know why. He got held twice, uh, in, and they didn't call it. I, I don't understand. Tavondre Sweat is the best nose tackle on this team and gets the most penetration, and he's got to command some more respect. Either Sarkeesian's got to you know, petition the Big 12 office. He's, he's getting you know, penetration. He's in the backfield and, and he was getting held and it wasn't called. I'll leave it at that, but you're right. It was Marcus Washington's toe out of bounds, Marvin Mims toe inbounds. Mm -hmm. That's how close this game was. I mean, yeah. And, and we scored please... the game winning points with three seconds left in the game. Right. That's and a hell of please... a game. Yeah. Can we please just acknowledge that this game never needs to be called anything other than the Red River shootout because it was called that game for a reason because of games like this. I mean, like I know Texas fans probably are like, shut up, like stop trying to talk this game up because they ended up on the losing side of it. But college football as a whole was gifted one of the greatest type of, you know, rivalry games that you want to see. And that is why I refuse to ever call it anything other than the Red River shootout. And if that makes PC crowd angry, so be it. I don't really care. This is a shootout for a reason. It's not a violent thing. Preach. It's, it's a shootout. And so we're going to always call that here on the flagship podcast moving forward. But there's definitely a lot of work that Texas, you know, has to make. And they, they need to do it soon because Oklahoma State is uh, up next on the schedule, another 11 a.m. kickoff. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian after the game did talk about this is going to be a really, you know, true test of the, the team's medal because, they have to really overcome this. And these type of rivalry games can be really emotional and devastating, especially in this type of losing fashion. But I, as you mentioned earlier, I did like that he said, I I'm want to face these guys again in December. Because I think if these two teams face off in December, I think Texas probably has more of an advantage because the reality is it's hard to beat the same team twice in the season. So if, right. if Texas can make it through Big 12 play, make it to a Big 12 title game, that's a tall task to ask in a first-year head coach's job. But still, if that does play out that year, this season, then I, I like Texas chances. You know, if they'd have beaten OU, they probably would have played at 630 mm -hmm. um, next Saturday against Oklahoma State in prime time. Now they're going to be at 11. They're going to play in the heat of the day. Who knows what that means? But this team is 
coming up on its seventh straight game without a bye. And this game against Oklahoma State, which is off this week, is able to rest, get guys healthy, uh, take a little extra time on on Texas film, come up with a few extra wrinkles. Uh, this is going to be a true test of – we talked about it before the OU game, Taylor, that that Oklahoma State game was going to be a true test of this team's ability to grind and prepare and stay in it because Oklahoma State undefeated. People can talk about, oh, they barely beat Boise. They barely beat Baylor. What They're undefeated. And yeah. they've, they've got good skill. And their defense is legit. And this could be a carbon copy of the OU game. So uh, this game Saturday against Oklahoma State is going to be a an incredible test of where yeah. this football team is mentally after letting go of a, a dream first half uh, and having it turn into a nightmare second half. Yeah, the good thing is a friend of the flagship podcast, Joel Klatt, should probably be calling this game, right? Because he's usually, him and uh, Gus Johnson are normally on the, the you know, big, noon. Called big noon kickoff for Fox. Um, I always like hearing, I love hearing Gus Johnson call games. He could talk call golf and I would be so into it. You know, I mean, just oh, yeah. he's so good when it comes there. But yeah, th this is going to be a huge test for sure. As you said, we did say that before the Oklahoma game, even more so now, because while this loss looks bad or feels bad for both the players, the coaches, the fans, everybody, the reality is the Big 12 title hope is still not out of the question at this point. It's still, you know, on the table if Texas can take care of business against, you know, Oklahoma State and then the remaining teams on the schedule. Uh, again, a lot to ask of a coach in a first year, you know, especially considering all the stuff that they've gone through at Texas since um, he was hired there. So there's a, it's, it's definitely a lot to ask, but it's still not out of the question. So I think you have to kind of focus on that. This team has to focus on that, get over this loss and make sure that they're ready against Oklahoma state. Cause if they lose against Oklahoma state, then, you know, the title hopes are probably spiraling out of their hands and out of control. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll leave it. We'll end it on this. Bijan Robinson in his post-game comments said the team was surprisingly positive after mm -hmm. that game. So think about that, fans. If the players who are out there bleeding, sweating, and giving it everything they had, even though it didn't seem like it defensively, they were. Mm -hmm. Bijan Robinson said the team was surprisingly positive yeah in the and locker room after that game that is a blessing it is and one quick note on Bijan robinson you know he his performance may get overlooked but that 50 yard run that oh. he had i mean reggie bush tweeted at Bijan about it and he said i like number five and i like the jersey or i forget exactly how he said but he commented on it we talked about, you know, I talked about last week on the flagship podcast how, you know, if, if Bijan can follow up that TCU performance with a solid performance against Oklahoma, then it could potentially be a Heisman defining moment for him. And that 50 yard run, I saw that and I was just like, I mean, Chip and Jeff and I, a little behind the scenes, we're sitting in the press box together and we watched the replay and we're counting how many player, like defenders from Oklahoma, 
were within, you know, tackling reach of Bijan. And he at one point had, you know, made such a cut that three of the OU defenders tackled each other. <laughs> like, it because, yeah, I mean, if that kid, he, and I hope his performance does not get overlooked because, you know, of the outcome of the game, but he is so special. And Texas needs to start the Heisman can the Heisman campaign for B. John Robinson now, especially if they lost this game because they can't do what they did to Deontay Foreman, where they started in mid-November on a team that's not, a, you know, a, a contending team. That's not the best thing. Bijan Robinson deserves the hype. He deserves the credit. And Texas needs to do him a favor so that he gets that, you know, that call to New York as a, hopefully at least for a Heisman, you know, finalist. Yeah. And he's got time. He's got time to put down more signature performances. Texas is going to need those signature performances if they're going to bounce back from this one and, and get uh, to that Big 12 title game. And the thing about Bijan Robinson that you love and Steve Sarkeesian said it, we all know he's a better person than he is a player. I mean, you, you cheer for this kid cause he's so humble and he's such a good teammate. And for him to say the team was surprisingly positive after that loss, that's, that's something you can take from this flagship podcast and say, okay, you know what? There was some positive in there as much as this hurts. It's all about how you bounce back from this. So we will be back on Monday to talk about how Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns are bouncing back after watching the film and having a little time to reflect on it um, for Taylor Estes, uh, the managing editor at Horns 24-7. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Flagship Podcast. And until next time, Stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.